Welcome to Fronteras, a program that explores issues at the border and beyond through the lens of arts, culture, and history. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. An art song is typically defined in classical music as a piece for solo vocalist and piano, such as this famous Schubert song, Errol Koenig. An art song is often based on a poem. A new project is taking the art song and making it more representational of musicians, poets, and artists of color. The Chicana Art Song Project takes the texts of works by Carmen Tafoya, Sandra Cisneros, and Pat Mora, among others, and sets them to original music by Macala native and San Antonio resident Edna Alejandra Longoria. Today we're talking to Longoria and the Chicana Art Song Project's founder, Dr. Noel Archambault. Archambault is a soprano and associate professor of voice at the University of Delaware. But she, like the composer Edna Alejandra Longoria, has South Texas roots that have shaped the trajectory of her career in classical music. I consider San Antonio my home because my mom, her side of the family is from there. And um, she is, and I am Chicana. I was actually born in Fairbanks, Alaska. My father, who was in the military, he was stationed there. I was only there basically to be born. And then we came back to San Antonio (laughs) and lived the rest of the time. Um, And I love, love, love my hometown. And I am so thankful for that rearing because I feel like I grew up in such a cultural immersion that I couldn't help but be influenced by it. Uh, As I'm finding out, it feels like none other. And I know everybody probably everybody should feel that way about how they grew up and where they grew up, I hope. But yeah, I do think that it had a strong influence on how I viewed the world personally and then later on what I brought to my art. And so I feel like growing up there allowed me to experience a lot of my my heritage, both with the language, with the food, um, with the traditions of being Latina. And it was just amazing. I can't think of it in another way. So yeah, going into college and even I would say even in middle school and high school, it sort of really influenced who I was drawn to as far as like poets, literature and art. And then that sort of all combined later as a singer artist and what I wanted to do, not only for myself, but the community and as a teacher for the students I taught and their generations coming up through the system. And what about you, Edna? How did your background affect the trajectory of your career? Yeah, so um, I was born in McAllen, Texas, but I was raised in Mexico. So since I was a baby, I lived in Mexico and then for, I think, 12 years or 13 years, and then I moved back. And I think when I first started composing, I didn't notice all the Latin influences I was putting into my music until college, everybody else noticed it. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense, right? Uh, I was raised listening to all this Latin music. And, you know, I lived in Mexico. So then, you know, that's basically what I am as a composer. I just, I love incorporating my Latin culture in there. Well, what I think is interesting, I'm going to go back to you, Edna. This is kind of an aside. The three of us are classical musicians. I'm a cellist myself. And so I'm guessing as a theory comp major, theory composition major, 
when you were studying music and you sort of found yourself unconsciously putting in these influences from your culture, did you ever get maybe some pushback from the sort of more traditional elements in higher education? That's a good question. I don't think I ever did. They were okay with it. And I was very surprised because I will hear stories. But I was lucky enough that even in my master's in in California, it was a very new music type of school. And my professors, most of them were, you know, white. And I would hear stories about how other people will get some like, hey, you need to write more like contemporary, blah, 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 blah. But with me, I never got that. I don't know if they were afraid because I was a woman or they didn't want to be racist. I don't know, but I never got it. And they let me be me. And I'm thankful for that because that would have been, it would probably have affected my compositions, I think. Well, and Noel, let's talk about how sort of all this has led to this Chicana art song project. Talk to me a little bit about when it sort of germinated. I think it was back in 2014 is when I first started reaching out to Chicana poets to get their permission to use their works. But I had been thinking about something for a long time, and that is that I felt that there was sort of a hole in the repertoire. I'll jump back just a little bit and say, when I was going through school in the late 80s and then going into the 90s as I was pursuing graduate studies, anytime I wanted to do something that was Spanish text related, a lot of my teachers, because there wasn't much to give, would give me Spanish art song from Spain or maybe there was art song from Argentina, but it really didn't speak to my lived experience. And so I felt like ever since then, and this was, you know, my junior year, senior year of college, you know, where I would present songs as part of recital and I would have my San Antonio relatives there. And I would say, how did you like the Spanish set? You know, and they sort of kind of smiled politely, but (laughs) I could tell there wasn't a real connection. And as we know, there's a different dialect for Spanish from Spain and things like that. So I didn't feel like it was really hitting. So many years later, you know, I'm teaching in Delaware and I, I have access, which is really nice as a tenure track professor. I have access to grant money and I start thinking about projects that mean a lot to me and what could be a great contribution to what we do as singers. I thought, you know, I really would love to see some songs set to those Chicana poets that I grew up loving, reading and listening to, you know, of course, as technology improved on YouTube and things like that. I pursued some grant money and I talked to Edna. I actually talked to a professor that Edna and I have in common at UTSA, University of Texas at San Antonio, Dr. James Ballantyne. He suggested that I get in contact with Edna. And so I did. And she was wonderful, obviously. (laughs) And she agreed to do the bulk of the commission. I had written a grant and we received the grant money. um, And so we just needed to put a lot of pieces in motion. And so, as you know, as a classical musician, you know, these commissions take time. Edna's a working composer, which I love. And so it was a little bit of like, okay, Edna, could you do these songs first? Or what about this text? Do you think that that could be set to music? And definitely, definitely collaboration because I'm not a composer. But I just had this idea in my head that I wanted these texts brought to life through music and something that we could share with other singers coming up through the system. Well, Edna, you know, each poet, each contributor to this project, they each have their own rhythm 
in the words that they present in each of these pieces. How were you able to sort of meld the rhythms of music to the rhythms that were presented within the poems? Hmm. I think just by reading the poem, I would know like what type of music I wanted to be like the ranchera one. Ode to Walt Whitman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I read that and I was like, oh my God, like, this is a ranchera. I have to do some type of ranchera into that. I remember one where it was a little trickier. I think it was Ayun Lugar. Like Carmen Tafoya. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first idea, I think it was like a slow tango for some reason. I was, I guess I was not inspired that day. But, you know, Noelle knows, I'm so glad she talked to me because she said, you know, hey, this is more like a more touching piece. Can it be more like, you know, and I was like, okay, I get it, I get it. So it was a good collaboration. Yeah, she knows she knows what she's talking about. Edna Alejandra Longoria is a composer living in San Antonio. We're also talking to Noel Archambault, associate professor of voice at the University of Delaware and founder of the Chicana Art Song Project. When we come back, the Chicana Art Song Project isn't just a glance back, but a step forward. I sort of reached out to the poets that I had growing up. But one of the things that I think going forward is looking at some of the younger poets and what they are doing to reach out to some of the younger audiences. Our conversation continues next on Fronteras. Welcome back to Fronteras. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. The Chicana Art Song Project elevates Chicana poetry and texts via classical music and the visual arts. Since it was founded in 2014, the words of Sandra Cisneros, Angela de Hoyos, Pat Mora, Selena Gonzalez, and others were set to music by composer Edna Alejandra Longoria. Live performances are accompanied by the visual art of Chicana artist Melissa Aranjua Johnson, like this live performance of Carmen Tafoya's La Malinche. Today we're talking to the vocalist in that performance, Noel Archambault, and the composer Edna Alejandra Longoria. Archambault is the founder of the Chicana Art Song Project. She talks about approaching the poets for permission to put their words to music. 
each poet is very different and how they operate. In fact, Edna and I are starting to look at maybe doing some recordings after this, which sort of sets it into a new realm, right? Where it's sort of out of academia, possibly because academia is for educational purposes. But for the first part of the project where we were saying, hey, we're thinking about doing this for, again, academic, educational purposes, a lot of them were really supportive and and very on board. I'm not even sure with some of them we've had direct contact. Um, We had to go through their agent or their publishers. But some of them who we have had direct contact with have been like, do whatever you want with it. It's been interesting to hear their views on how they view themselves as poets as well. Because when I said, you know, we're doing something called the Chicana Art Song Project, some of the poets were in favor of being called Latina versus Chicana and not using the word Chicana. So as we sort of did our research and we present this as more of a historical perspective when we perform, because it's more of like a lecture recital and it's multimedia and we have PowerPoints and things like that. I felt it necessary to talk about, right? Because even the word Chicana versus Hispanic or Latina or Latinx can be a little bit questionable for some. So I've enjoyed getting to know the poets that we've reached out to. For me, because I'm a little older than Edna, I sort of reached out to the poets that I had growing up. And they are still writing today and they're very relevant. But one of the things that I think going forward is looking at some of the younger poets and what they are doing to reach out to some of the younger audiences. It's a whole different read, really. It's a whole different literature out there. And it's all great. And I'm so glad that we were able to capture the first ones in the first part of the project. But maybe looking forward, if we do have a part two we're looking at maybe capturing what's going on in sort of the younger audiences as well. Edna, what kind of response, if any, have you received from these poets who are listening to their poems presented in a way they never had before? Oh, it's been great. I usually share it with Noel, like responses. And it just, it's nice to hear. I, I don't think I've gotten any negative responses, but it's been great. Uh, they get all excited because it's something new for them as well. So far, I haven't gotten any negative comments. It's something that makes me, you know, want to keep writing and inspires me. And it's because, you know, it takes time to compose. So when you have the poet giving you such wonderful comments, it warms my heart. It's nice. Well, Noel, there is another aspect to the Chicana art song project, and it's the art. Even the, an art song itself is a different thing in within classical music, but I think the art in this particular instance is actual visual arts. Can you talk to us about the visual art element within the Chicana art song project? I noticed as technology got better, if you go into the recital hall and sit, um, it was sort of... I would say uncomfortable, I would say, for younger audiences to just do that because they were used to so much tech, right? They're used to a full-on show. And so I started doing recitals, gosh, I want to say early 2000s with PowerPoint presentations alongside where we would do images per phrase or images per song or images to reflect the text that is happening at the time. And I received so much feedback mostly positive. There were some, you know, and I I would say it came from sometimes the older audiences that were saying, mostly because they weren't used to it, where they would say, well, I don't really want you telling me how to feel about something that's on screen. 
so I felt like with the Chicana Art Song Project, it was really important for us to tell the story of the words because we were encountering audiences that didn't always understand what Chicana meant, what this cultura is, right? So I reached out to a good friend of mine, uh, Melissa Aranwa Johnson, who is a visual artist. And I said, hey, so we've got this thing. What do you think? Can we go ahead and pair your, your art with our songs? And we are going to be displaying your art as we go. And she's all on board. She loved it. And I really, really feel that it adds another dimension to our project. Um, we've only done it once where she was present and we actually had the actual artwork that we were pairing on the PowerPoint presentation available for audience members to go and look at and even purchase if they wanted to. So then it kind of grew because one of the poets that we actually set was Raquel Valles and Diaz, who also is a visual artist herself. And so when we talked to her about setting her words to music, she said, yes, I'm all on board. And then she said, and I'm also an artist. You should check out my work. And I checked it out and I said, this is great. And I said, can we incorporate that too for your own text and the songs that we're setting to your text? And she was like, yes. So now we, we have hers as well. We've had some others reach out to us and I would really love to be really inclusive as far as as many Chicana artists that we can feature. Well, Edna, you know, representation is so very important, and it doesn't seem to take much hold in the classical music repertoire, which is still dominated for the most part by dead white European males. So the fact that we have this project now that is very Chicana-oriented, very South Texas-oriented, how important do you feel this project is in increasing representation, not just of Chicana, Latino composers, musicians, artists, etc., but just sort of to the addition, to the enhancement of the classical music repertoire? Oh, I think, yeah, very important. Sharing it with people that don't really know about our culture, it's just really cool. Like when, when Noel presented the project, I was like, I didn't even hesitate because I knew how powerful it was and what it could be in the future. And just knowing that we're uh, sharing our culture with, you know, other people that maybe they don't have an, an idea. I think it's nice to let them know what is to be a Chicana, what is what is a ranchera, what is a, I don't know, it's nice to spread our culture and get people to notice us. And again, it's very important to have this stuff in, the, in college, in schools, you know, we're already getting like, university singers approach us and, and they're going to have their pieces play in their recital. So it's like, it's nice. And I hope it keeps growing and, and we reach out more people. It's terrific because it breaks stereotypes for people not familiar with classical music who think, oh, you're Mexican-American, you're Latino, you probably listen to rancheras or tejanos all the time. I know I did not. <laughs> but for those outside of the classical music sphere, I think, for people who are now aware of the Chicana Art Song Project, it, it does break those stereotypes to say that there is this amazing, diverse type of representation within classical music itself, Noel, Most definitely. And it's, we do talkbacks after concerts, mostly because we want to get people's perspective. And it's always interesting to hear what they think or what they thought of the performance or the music or the presentation. And one of the things we get often is, 
well, it still sounds classical. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's sort of a fusion because we want this to be able to be used as far as the curriculum and the training. And so that singers can use it for whether it's recitals or juries or competitions and things like that. But there is still very much a Latin flavor. So it's sort of this fusion of all that we already mentioned previously, guapangos and rancheras and cumbias. But yeah, it's still it can be classified, quote unquote, as classical. Well, Noel, talk to us about what's next. You were, you hinted at a part two, and I know that grant funding sort of has to play a part in all that. You have to play the grant writing game and everything. But what's your vision for what's next for the Chicana Art Song Project, Noel? Yeah, we've been talking about that. And so I, I do think another commission is in the works. But like you said, you know, we've got to work on some funding for that. And what's nice is that we sort of have a history of success. And so that really looks favorable to a lot of the grant organizations. And so I I think that another commission is definitely in the works, but we would like to do a recording so that there is something documented and that people can use, especially if the rhythms and the the Latin flavor uh, is sort of foreign to them. So they have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like and maybe what they can sort of aim for. And then recently, this idea of a documentary keeps coming up as well. I like that. And so I think that that's also going to be in the works. So that's three really big things we're looking to sort of go forward with. And now we just got to kind of put our nose to the grind and figure out how to do it. <laughs> Dr. Noel Archambault is the founder of the Chicana Art Song Project and teaches applied voice and voice pedagogy at the University of Delaware. She's a native of San Antonio. Edna Alejandra Longoria is a Mexican-American composer born in McAllen, living in San Antonio. She has set music to the texts of Chicana poets in the Chicana Art Song Project. The Chicana Art Song Project traveled to Del Mar College in Corpus Christi in April 2022. See how the project came together and hear performances of the Chicana Art Songs at tpr.org. Here's one of those songs, Promesa a San Antonio de Padua, based on words by Sandra Cisneros. Thanks for joining us for Fronteras. Fronteras is produced by Norma Martinez and Maria Navarro. Our executive producer is Dan Katz. Our editor is Fernando Ortiz Jr. Charanga Cakewalk composed our theme music. Hear past episodes at tpr.org and on the Fronteras podcast. I'm Norma Martinez with Texas Public Radio in San Antonio. Fronteras.